Psalm chapter 37. Well, good to see the rest of you anyway. Psalm chapter 37. We continue to pray for the others. This is quite a lengthy psalm. We're going to divide it up. There's a lot of good things here for us. Psalm 37, I'm going to read the first 11 verses. It says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord, and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently, diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and they'll select themselves in the abundance of peace. The title of the message tonight is simply resting in the Lord. Resting in the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the opportunity we have to be assembled together tonight. Father, we do pray that you would undertake for your people that are uh, suffering with this affliction. I pray that you'd bring healing uh, and just restore to health and strength and vigor and um, that we might be all assembled together once again. So Lord, just undertake and show yourself strong. We do pray you'd help us now as looking at the word of God, that we'd be encouraged and strengthened in our walk with you and our trust in you and, and putting our rest and our, and, our, and our dependence upon you. I pray that you would just encourage us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, somebody said the Psalms are, you know, the experiences of David. And, of course, there are times where David cries out and he kind of asks... You know, where art thou, Lord? And in other times, he's, you know, he, he is confident and he's, you know, you know, he's just like everybody else. He goes through periods of discouragement and then, and then uh, uh, periods of, of where he's worshiping the Lord and he's trusting completely in him. You know, and, of course, we, we see that as if you study the life of David. But as we look at this, this uh, uh, chapter tonight, there's a couple of things I want to point out. You know, it, it says uh, three times to fret not. Also, uh, and, I, and I think these are kind of twins, be not envious against the workers of iniquity, verse 1 there says. So there's, so I, first thing I wanted to say was, or mentioned tonight was that we're to avoid the twin sins. The twin sins. And I think they go together. Fret and envy. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. The word fret is used uh, three times, I think, in this passage. It means to be hot, furious, to burn, to become angry, be kindled. Uh, it's always spoken of in anger, you know, like somebody's fuming or vexed. 
That's, that's, that's the idea of fret. Uh, we are told that uh, in 1 Samuel that, that um, Hannah's adversary provoked her sore and, and made her to fret. I mean, it, she, she got angry because of it. She fumed over it. She was vexed over that. Uh, but it says, we are, not to, we are not to fret. And notice it says, fret not thyself because of, you know, the, and we see here, the, you, know, you know, or due to the fact or to rationale or to excuse ourselves, as it says here, because of evildoers. Uh, you know, it's, it's like I was talking to a friend of mine, or a guy I was work, I work with the other day, and I said, um, oh, we went into a house, and there were some painters in there, and they were listening to talk radio, which, you know, is, you know, you don't, uh, sometimes I wonder if I'd ever hear talk radio in Chapel Hill, but I did. But anyway, uh, but uh, so this guy was listening to talk radio, and I said to him, so I was working with him, I said, do you listen to talk radio? Oh, you see, I listen to it all the time. I said, yeah, I listen to it some, but I said, you know, if I listen to it too much, I just get mad. <laughs> uh, you know, you, really, you could start fretting over, over the condition, because of the evildoers that are in the world. And the Bible says here, don't fret because of evildoers. Proverbs twenty four nineteen. fret not thyself because of evil end. Neither be thou envious, and there's our two words together again, envy. Neither be thou envious at the wicked. You know, it's e- it would be it's it's easy we can come become incensed with the evildoers with our day that seem to get away with evil. They're the people that seem to get away with evil. So we're not to fret because of evildoers. We're not to fret because they prosper. Verse 7 says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prosper. Again, we're talking about the evil man that seems to prosper. Remember in Psalm 73, Asa said he was envious at the wicked. So foolish was I. Because they seemed to prosper. I said, Then when I went into the house of the Lord and understood their end. Yeah, the wicked seem to prosper, but we're not to fret about that. Uh, and he also says in verse 8, we're to fret not to do evil. And the idea there is, in verse 8, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. So again, because of or in reaction to the evildoers, we, ought, we dare not allow ourselves to fret, and then to do evil, as an excuse to do evil. It's a, it's a warning to us not to act out of fury or anger. Was it? I think it was uh, Francis Havergal that said, if he who angers you controls you. He who angers you controls you. Uh so, so we're not to allow the wicked or the evildoers to cause us to fret and react or cause us to sin and do evil because of what they did or are doing. Really, that puts you on the same level with them. And it goes to you, then he says also to be envious. And I said, like I say, these are, these are twins. I think they go hand in hand. Of course, envious talks about jealousy. Psalm 106, verse 16 says, They envied Moses also in the camp, and Aaron, the saying of the Lord. You know, envy of Moses was really 
demonstrated a discontented heart against God. They were envious because of his position that he had, and he didn't seek it on his own. God gave it to him. So it's a discontentment against God and God's leadership. And really, that's what envy is. Uh, Genesis thirty-seven eleven says his brethren, speaking about Joseph's brethren, envied him. But his father observed his saying. You know, it was evident that God was with Joseph, even as a young man. And because, well, we know because of their evil report that Joseph brought, they hated him for that. And then because of his dreams, which God gave him concerning the future, they envied him also because of that. Uh, Proverbs twenty three seventeen says, Let not thine heart envy sinners. Be, be thou in the fear of the Lord all day long. You know, envy is a destroyer. Again, these appear as twin sins. Where there is one, there is usually the other. Uh, Job 5, 2. For wrath killeth the foolish man, and envy slayeth the silly one. Proverbs fourteen thirty: A sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy the rottenness of the bones. Proverbs 27, 4. Wrath is cruel, anger is outrageous. But who is able to stand before envy? Again, there you have the two together. You know, it was envy that brought, uh, that was the, was the excuse that the Pharisees and the, the religious leaders of the day gave for bringing Jesus to Pilate. In fact, he said he knew they'd brought him for envy. They were envious of him. And, of course, it was envy that caused the patriarchs to sell Joseph into Egypt. Acts 7.9 says, The patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him. So these are twin sins that we are to avoid, he says, here in Psalm 37. So those are the things we ought to avoid. But we are to, some things he's, he's instructed us to do is, is to trust in the Lord. Notice verse 3, Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily shalt thou be fed. Now, the word trust means to be secure, to fear nothing for oneself. Again, the idea of complete dependence upon. Judges 18.10, the word there in that verse is used, it's translated secure. It says when you go, you should come into a people secure. In other words, they have trust. They're just trusting in what they have. They're not worried about anything. That's kind of the idea of trust here. They're not worried about anything. Not fretting about anything. They were secure. Second Kings, you know, during the reign of Hezekiah, of course, when Sennacherib came against Jerusalem, uh, they sent Rabshakeh came several times to Jerusalem and spoke to the people on the wall. Second Kings nineteen ten he says, Thus shall you speak to Hezekiah king of Judah, saying, Let not thy God in whom thou trusteth deceive thee, saying, Jerusalem shall not be delivered in the hand of the king of Syria. Now Sennacherib and Rabshakeh had said these words in vain. Because, you know, that was a slight, not against Hezekiah, but against God. What they're saying is, it's vain to trust in God. Well, the Lord showed them it wasn't vain to trust in God. I mean, he sent his angel and slew 185,000 Syrians in one night. You know, First Chronicles 5.20 says, They were helped against them, and the Hagarites were delivered in the hand, and all that were with them. For they cried to God in the battle, and he was entreated them, because they put their trust in him. 
Psalm 4 verse 5 says, Offer the sacrifices righteous and put your trust in the Lord. Put your trust in the Lord. Psalm 56, 11, In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. You know, what is man? Thou art mindful of him. Uh, what is man whose, whose breath is, and whose nostrils is the breath of life? We're not to have any account of him. You know, the, I, guess, I think that's a, a verse in Isaiah somewhere. But Psalm 62, 8 says, Trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. So we're not to fret. We're to trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord and do good. Don't be envious. Don't react to those evildoers. Allow them to cause you to do evil. We're to do good. Do you know God's not ever changed by what wicked men do? His plan goes on. His plan goes on. You know, we can count on one thing. God's going to justify the righteous. And he's going to condemn the wicked. That's what he's going to do. So we can trust in him. He says, thirdly, to delight. Verse 4, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. <coughs> Excuse me. The word delight means to be glad in anything. To be glad in anything. Look at Job chapter 22. Job 22 verse 21. Job 22, 21 says, Acquaint now thyself with him, and be at peace. Thereby good shall come unto thee. Receive, I pray thee, thy law from his mouth, and lay up his words in thine heart. If thou return to the Almighty, thou shalt be built up, and thou shalt put away iniquity far from thy tabernacles. Then shalt thou lay up gold as dust, and gold of Ophir as the stones of the brooks. Yea, the Almighty shall be thy defense, and thou shalt have plenty of silver. For then shalt thou have thy delight in the Almighty, and shalt lift up thy face unto God. You know, so the, one of Job's three friends is saying to Job, Acquaint not thyself. Now Job was acquainted with the Lord. It wasn't quite the issue here. But this is a true say. Acquaint now thyself with him. And then thou shalt, for then thou, verse 26, then thou shalt have delight in the Almighty and shalt lift up thy face unto God. You know, if we would acquaint ourselves with him, if we really get to know God, if you, when a person really gets to know God, they will delight in Him. They will delight in Him. Now think about it, some of the things about God. You know, and, and, and you know, we are, and He's encouraging us to get to know God. We need to delight ourselves also in the Lord. To be glad in Him. You know, Matthew 5. 43, 45, ye have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, to surrender rain on the just and the unjust. See, God 
God loves all mankind. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. He makes the sun to shine on the evil and the good. You know, you ever have somebody say, yeah, well, God never did anything to me. You, you could say, well, he sends rain and he sends sunshine so there can be life on the earth. So you can live. Matthew 7, verse 11, Jesus, in one of his sermons, said this, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? You know, James 1, 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. In other words, he doesn't change, he doesn't vary. Every good thing that we have comes from the hand of God. Life and breath. You know, he told, he told the children of Israel, you know, I, I, I will give you power to get wealth. Every good thing. Romans 8.32 He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely giveth all things? If he was willing to spare his son, what won't he give us? That's the idea there. If he, if he wouldn't even spare his son from dying in our place, what would he deny us that is good for us? Now, everything that comes to us in life is not from him. We have to remember that. You see, if we would have a right understanding of God, if we could have a right understanding of who we are and what our purpose is here. Bob Jones Sr. used to say, quote, Give God your heart, and he will comb the kinks out of your head. Unquote. You know, so we are instructed here to delight thyself also in the Lord. So we should, you know, if we were to delight ourselves in him, if we would really acquaint ourselves with him, we would learn that he has, he has our best interest in mind. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows what our frailties are. He knows what our weaknesses are. He knows what our strong points are. He knows everything about us. And he knows best. What is his will? What is the will of God for our lives? He knows what's best. So we need to delight ourselves in him. Then there's a third thing. And these, you might say, is triplets, I think. But they kind of all go together. Verse 5 says, Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Now the word commit means to transfer what is rolled away to another. Uh in, in uh, uh, Joshua chapter 5. Remember the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt and they encamped against Jericho. They had already crossed the Jordan River. They had camped right against Jericho and then the Lord told Joshua, circumcise all the men. Circumcise all the men. And then he said, this day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. I've rolled it off of you. 
no longer under that reproach of Egypt. And that's, that's the word here, shoes. It means to roll away to another. Really, it's simply giving the responsibility to someone else. You know, when I was a boy at home, I never worried about what I was going to eat or what I was going to wear. I didn't fret about it because that was not my responsibility. That was not my responsibility. Um, and I don't, to this day, I don't worry about, I don't worry about what's going to be for supper. I don't consider that my responsibility. Now, maybe, now, providing the means to put the supper on the table, yeah, that is my responsibility. But what is put on the table is, I don't worry about because I've delegated that responsibility the day I got married. <laughs> Uh, somebody to my wife, you know, yeah, uh, you know, I don't worry about it. You know, so I've rolled it off to somebody else, and and the Bible says here, we're to commit thy way unto the Lord. The word, of course, the word way means path or course. Um, so we are to commit our life, our way, our direction, our course of life unto the Lord. You know, Psalm 1, verse 6 says, For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So, so we're talking about the course, the course or the way or the path of the righteous. The Lord knows because they commit themselves to him, but the way of the ungodly, their course, of course, is against him and it's going to bring them to perish. Psalm 16, 11 uh, says this, Thou wilt show me the path, and that's the word there again, the way, the path of life, in thy presence of fullness of joy, at thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Uh, Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. So we need to commit our way, our course of life, to the Lord. To roll it over to Him. To give Him the responsibility of it. Now, that doesn't mean we don't do anything. That simply means that we, like a servant to his master, simply do what he asks. And then, the responsibility for me is his. It's his. Uh, So we need to commit ourselves. You know, the, we find examples of this and, and examples of those who didn't in, in the Bible. For example, in Numbers twenty two thirty two, speaking of Balaam, it says, And the angel Lord said unto him, Wherefore hast thou smitten thine ass these three times? Behold, I went out to withstand thee, because thy way is perverse before me. In other words, his way, his course, was not committed to the Lord. He was opposed to the Lord. You know, God had told God had told Balaam, don't go. Hey, don't go. You know, when God tells you once, don't do it, that should be all it need, you need. It should be all you need. Proverbs 14, 2 says, He that walketh in his uprightness feareth the Lord. 
but he that is perverse in his ways despiseth him. In other words, he doesn't give much consideration to God. Uh, Proverbs 28, 18, Whoso walketh uprightly shall be saved, but he that is perverse in his ways shall fall at once. And, and then Psalm 50, verse 23 says, Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. And to him that ordereth his conversation, that word conversation means manner of life, or we could say way, or his course, so he that ordereth his conversation aright, will I show the salvation of God. So, so God will show his deliverance to the person who commits his way unto the Lord. Commits his way to the Lord. So, you know, we need to turn our way over to the Lord. To cast over to him. Uh, to, to submit it to him, our way. And not go our own way. You know, Proverbs 13, 15 said, Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of the transgressors is hard. You know, it's hard to go against the Lord. So we're not to fret. We are to trust. We're to delight in the Lord. We're to commit our way unto the Lord. And then I want you to notice also here the vindication of the Lord. Notice in verse 6. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Now, what we've been seeing here so far is we're not to stress over ourselves or what the enemy, the world, the evildoers, says about us or does. We're not to fume, be vexed, uh, given to wrath or be envious or try to get even. We're to trust. We're to delight in the Lord. We're to commit ourselves to our Heavenly Father. And He, that is the Lord, as it says here, He, that is the Lord, shall bring to light your righteous way and your righteous actions. Or your decisions, or your judgments, as it says here in verse 6. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. You know, David learned this earlier in his life. Uh, of course, this was after he was crowned king, but it was during the time he was running from Saul. And he, and, and he, he really was, he, he, he was helped with this from a woman of good understanding. You remember when David sent men to um, Nabal? You know, David and his men had, had kind of been a fence around Nabal's shepherds and flocks. They'd protected him from, against prey and thieves and, 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 you know, and, and, uh, and even the servants of Nabal uh, told Abigail that they were a wall to us. They were a wall to us. And of course, so David sent, you know, when they were shearing and, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, that's the time they were probably putting up meat and all that and, you know, killing some sheep for food. And so David sent men and asked for, you know, some, some provisions as a favor for what, how they had helped him. And Nabal railed on him. And railed on his men. So David said, well, he told everybody to gird on your sword and we're going to go kill him. But, Nabal, of course, Abigail found out about it. And so she made preparations and met David in the way and instructed him not to take vengeance. Don't fret yourself because of that man of Belial is really what she's saying. Don't vex yourself or don't 
sin because of him. Let the Lord. See, we need to let the Lord vindicate. We let the Lord vindicate. Spurgeon said this, quote, In the matter of personal reputation, we may especially be content to be quiet and leave our vindication with the judge of all the earth. The more we fret in this case, the worse for us. Our strength is to sit still. The Lord will clear the slandered. If we look to his honor, he will see to ours. It is wonderful how, when faith learns to endure calumny with composure, the filth does not defile her, but falls off like snowballs from a wall of granite. Even in the worst cases where a good name is for a while darkened, providence will send a clearing like the dawning light, which shall increase until the, until the man once censured shall be universally admired. And thy judgment as a noonday, no shade of reproach shall remain. The man shall be in his merit and the splendor, the darkness of his sorrow, and his ill repute shall both flee away. You see, when we commit our case to the Lord and we trust in him, it says he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light. He will vindicate his own. He will vindicate his own. And so we need to trust in him. We need to trust in him. Because he will bring forth thy righteousness. You, know, you, you are going to be spoken against. You can count on it. Yea, and all who live God in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Somebody isn't going to like you. And somebody is going to speak ill of you. And you can spend all your time chasing rabbit trails and trying to find out where it started, but all you do is stir it up more. At least that's my opinion. That's what I've seen. You know, I've had some people say some awful nasty things about me. I just figure, whatever. Whatever. I'm not going to go chasing trying to find out where it came from. Let the Lord take care of it. Rest in the Lord. Then notice in verse 7, he gives us some counsel, verses 7 through 11. He gives us two things. Number one, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man that bringeth, who bringeth wicked devices to pass. So we are to rest and wait for the Lord. So we're to wait for the Lord to be the Lord. You know, if I have a problem with one of your children, I will bring it to you, Dad. Because it's your responsibility to take care of it. Now, if you don't take care of it, you are showing yourself an illegitimate father. And every reproach to God, whose name you bear, father now if you wrong one of my children it is me you'll answer to if somebody wrongs one of your children it should be you they answer to because they are your responsibility they should be able to rest in you what I'm saying here is 
we should be we should learn to rest in the Lord because we are his children. And he will take up our cause. According to his sovereign will. You know, really, a word against us is a word against him. Go to Numbers chapter 12. Numbers chapter 12. Numbers chapter 12. Verse 1. And Miriam. Now, think who's doing this. And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses. It doesn't say they spake against God. They spake against Moses. Because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. So they're finding fault with Moses because he married an Ethiopian woman. And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And notice the next phrase. And the Lord heard it. And now the man Moses is very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. And it says, And the Lord. Moses didn't say a word. Moses didn't say a word. It says, And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and, and Miriam. Come out, ye three, under the tabernacle of the congregation. They three came out. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they came, both came forth. And he said, Hear ye now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision, and I will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches. And the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore, then were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And it says, And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. You see, a word against God's Children is a word against God. You know, if you were to speak against Ryan, I guarantee you Robert's going to take offense. And like, and, and rightly so. Rightly so. You know, unless he's done something wrong. But if you speak against him for, for, for no reason, Robert has every right to take offense. And, and they spoke against Moses, and God took offense. You know, this isn't the only case. We, we find a case of this in the New Testament in Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, verses 4 and 5. Of course, this is, you know, this is during the terror against the church by Saul and Saul's now on his way to Damascus and he's journeying and verse 3 says and he as he journeyed he came near Damascus and suddenly a shine around about him a light from heaven he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him Saul Saul why persecutest thou me and he said who art thou Lord you know interesting, interesting he knows it's the Lord And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. 
You know, he was going, he was persecuting God's children. And the Lord doesn't say, you know, Stephen or, you know, those you're going to Damascus. No, you're, you're, why persecuting thou me? See, Paul's vengeance against the churches was a vengeance against God. And that, you know, that to me makes Romans 12, 19 much clearer. Where it says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. See, we're to, we're to rest in the Lord. We're to wait patiently for Him. We're to trust Him to take care of the situation at hand because he said, I will repay. You know, Spurgeon said, you know, and this is, this is, Spurgeon said this about the resting in the Lord. He said this, quote, this is a most divine precept and requires much grace to carry it out. It's not easy to do. To hush the spirit, to be silent before the Lord, to wait in holy patience the time for clearing up the difficulties of providence, that is what every gracious heart should aim at. Aaron held his peace. Now, that's what he's referring to when Aaron held his peace. Remember, Nadab and Abihu offered strange fire before the Lord, and the Lord killed them. And Moses said, don't weep. Aaron held his peace because what happened was just before the Lord. And so he said, Aaron held his peace. I opened not my mouth because thou didst it. That's a quote from Psalms. He says, a silent tongue in many cases not only shows a wise head but a holy heart. And wait patiently for him. Time is nothing to him. Let it be nothing to thee. God is worth waiting for. He never is before his time. He never is too late. In a story, we wait to the end to clear up the plot. We ought not to prejudge the great drama of life, but stay the close, stay till the closing scene and see what a finish the whole arrives. Unquote. But this, you know, again, resting in the Lord, trusting Him, it takes it takes real grace. It takes real strength, and commitment to the Lord can you imagine waiting on God you're seeing the Egyptians fall, coming behind you and Moses said oh, just stand still and wait 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 for what I mean there they come and you're telling us to wait are you crazy man no, just wait and see the salvation of the Lord. That's what he said. Just wait. See, God wants us to wait, to rest. Not fret, but to rest in him. And then he says, the, the other thing he, we notice here, from he says to rest and to cease from anger. Verse uh, 8. Cease from anger, forsake wrath, forfeit not thyself in any wise to do evil. 
And here's why. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. So we're to cease from anger. You know, anger sinks vengeance. You know, David was encouraged to seek vengeance against Saul. You know, bend yourself. I mean, if anybody had a just cause, David did. But it wasn't right. You know, anger seeks vengeance, and that will cause us to sin against man and against God. Over what? Over an evildoer that will be cut off. Think about David's evildoer. He says, Evildoers should be cut off, and those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. It wasn't very long David said, or somebody would have said, Where's Saul? Where's Saul? He's not a threat anymore. Why is that? Because God removed him. In fact, he so thoroughly removed him that David went looking for somebody of the house of Saul and the only person he could find was a cripple. A cripple. And he went looking because of Jonathan, his friend. And all he found was Jonathan's son, a cripple. See, God completely eliminated the threat against David. He completely eliminated it. The evildoers are cut off. And so we are to cease from anger. Don't fret because of the evildoers. Because they are going to be cut off. They, they will come to an end. They will be brought down. And so we need to trust, we need to delight in, we need to simply commit our way to the Lord and rest in Him. Rest in Him. Again, that requires we under, have an understanding of who God is, of His power, of His love and His mercy to us, of His promises to us. But we need to rest and trust in Him. Don't fret. You know, you can look at the world and you look at the problems in the world and, and you can look at your own life and the problems you have and you can, you can get real discouraged. But we need to focus on the Lord and commit our way to Him, trust in Him, knowing that He will keep His word. He will keep His promises. And he will be a father to us if we'll just trust him and delight in him. You know, when you delight in something, guess what? You do what pleases them. And so, don't fret. Don't allow the world to cause you to do evil. Trust in the Lord. Commit your way to him. And rest in him. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the time of your word tonight. Thank you for the challenge it gives to us. Father, there's many things in the world that can cause us unrest in our hearts tonight. But I pray that you help us just to trust you, to rest in your promises that you've given to us now. So, Lord, just help us. Give us the grace and strength. Uh, to just be faithful and to commit our way unto you. And we'll thank you and praise you. We do pray in Jesus' name.